Here we go. We are recording. We're live. This is Kaiju Transmissions. This is Kyle Bird. I am your host. I have somebody with me. Hey everybody, it's 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 Matt. Okay. I don't I don't have a last name. I don't I don't think. Okay, don't, he, he doesn't divulge his last name. It's Parmley, Matt Parmley. That's my last name. No, I I thought you were just gonna like be cryptic. No. Um. <laughs> so, uh, we are back. And as you may or may not know, uh, we have been going ape shit, haven't we? We we have been. That is, that is correct. Uh, I'm glad uh, this is the last one we're recording in this series because I'm really running out of like ape puns to do. Um, so uh, thank God uh, for those of you just tuning in, Matt and I. In celebration of a new King Kong movie coming out soon to a theater near you, we have been going through the King Kong series and various related giant gorilla movies. Um, so uh, dur- in our journey, um, we are going to take a, a little detour from Kong, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, his spiritual little brother, before we do that, though, I should tell you that you should like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at KT underscore podcast, and write us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com, and good fortune may come to you if you rate and leave us a review on iTunes. Right, Matt? Yeah, uh bird says that you'll get like paid or something but that's that's not true but we will we will be appreciative of of any ratings yes good good or bad good or bad yeah because the people need a chance to let their voices be heard uh about important things like podcasts um so uh uh as i mentioned um we're we're taking a, a you know we're we're driving down the Kong Highway and oh oh this exit is, we got to take a detour and who are we gonna see we're gonna see Kong's little uh, how do you his uh, spiritual successor his his little brother or cousin or whatever um, uh, it's an ape by the name of Mighty Joe Young uh, you ever hear of Mighty Joe Young Matt. Mighty Joe Young, I, I have actually. Ah, I saw this movie as okay. a kid. Well, that's you know, I I think a lot of people probably did. Um, that's so my mom was awesome and showed me cool movies. That is pretty for, sweet. I caught a lot of these on like TNT's Monster Vision and and going to video stores with my grandparents and and uh, good times. That was a long time ago. Um, so. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, Mighty Joe Young, he's, uh, he's a giant ape, but he's a, he's a little guy compared to Kong. I mean, if Kong, depending on the movie, Kong usually ranges from 30 to 60 feet. Mighty Joe, he, he's more like 15 feet. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's not a freak of nature. He's just got a mild form of gigantism, uh, which apparently is actually an explanation for him. That was given in the the, the remake. Um, anyway, so um, Mighty Joe Young, let's talk about it. Um, 
Uh, we're going to talk about the original vo- uh, movie from 1949, and we are going to talk about the remake from 1998. Um, so, uh, 49, uh, this was post-World War II, uh, and it's mostly the same team behind King Kong. Um, you had uh, Ernest Shodzak directing uh, Marion C. Cooper, you know, I mean, again, like Kong, it's kind of his baby, he's a producer, and um, effects supervisor Willis O'Brien. However, um, with all the planning and everything in the production, that's where O'Brien's effects uh, uh, was usually in planning and supervising. Most of the effects and the, the stop motion animation was made by a young... Ray Harryhausen. Um, what? what? Yeah. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> and if you don't know Ray Harryhausen, I mean... I for mean, shame. For shame. For shame. Um, I mean, really took the art of stop motion and just elevated it to new levels throughout his 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 career. Um uh, and uh, he animated about 85% of it, and then uh, another stop-motion animator named Pete Peterson, uh, who worked with O'Brien quite a bit, did a lot of the, the rest of it. But um, it's mostly Harryhausen you see in there, and I'm assuming we'll talk about him his work on this movie a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, again, screenplay by Ruth Rose, who had written King Kong and Son of Kong. Um, that was Ernest Shodzak's wife. Um, so, uh, this is a much lighter, uh, more family-friendly big ape movie. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a a very, it's, it's, it's the softer, cuddlier King Kong. Um, and it's, it's about a, a girl whose dad, uh, owns a farm in Africa and, one day, when she's home alone, she uh, some some natives walk by with a gorilla, and she's like, "Oh, that's a cute gorilla. Here's like all my dad's stuff. I'll trade you." <laughs> <laughs> and then her dad gets home from work, and uh, he's just like, "Now, Jill." We can't take care of a gorilla. And then she's like, but please. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's surprised. Yeah, yeah, he's surprisingly cool about all this. He's a, what, he's a chill guy, this Mr. Young. Um, <laughs> anyway, flash forward. I think, I think it's flashes forward 12 years. And um, uh, Jill now kind of runs the place and. Joe has grown to enormous sizes, and uh, he has gone from being played by a real baby gorilla to a big, hulking, stop-motion Ray Harryhausen creature, and um, uh, uh, a, uh, a a showman trying to like get this new nightclub off the ground uh, is looking for uh, you know a big attraction. And, uh, so he's played by Robert Armstrong, who played Denim in, uh, uh, the original Kong films. And he goes to Africa, convinces them to come back and have Joe star 
in a, an act at this club, and um, that doesn't go very well because they make him do dumb shit all the time, like fight wrestlers <laughs> and uh, like like uh, put little numbers in a, like a, a a box so he can like call someone to like win some shit, and or he he lifts pianos up and does a whole bunch of dumb stuff the giant apes don't need to be doing um and he goes on a rampage and he gets drunk he gets drunk first yeah he gets shit-faced by a bunch <laughs> of other drunkards um yeah. and goes on a rampage destroys a bunch of stuff as you know giant creatures do um and uh kill some lions yeah <laughs> kills some lions pretty violently <laughs> in fact yeah, he beats the crap out of these lions <laughs> and um uh it's uh they they rule uh to have him uh killed and they try to run away and that's that's mighty joe young um up basically the summary of the movie through the final act um so he saves a little kid from like fire and yeah an, an orphanage yeah, and he saves and it's not enough that he just saves children from fiery graves they're orphaned children that is um, correct so if that doesn't tug on your heartstrings i don't know what does um Anyway, that's Mighty Joe Young. Uh, Matt, uh, I know I know. we both said that we'd seen this movie before and when we were younger, um, but you just rewatched it. I mean, how, how much of it did you remember? How, how much did it hold up? Um, how, how did you enjoy it? I remembered the, the ending, and I remembered the, the scene where he beat the crap out of the lions. Um, but, like, I, it's, it's a great movie, man. I really enjoyed it. It's it's uh, I mean like some of the ideas are a little dated like buying monkeys from apparently villagers just carrying monkeys around like <laughs> I, I don't know uh, where that idea came from but yeah it, well it's, like, it's a, like the king like the original King Kong I think there's a certain um, there's a certain like naive nature to it that definitely yeah that's it, true. for for some audiences um, who maybe aren't as like familiar with old movies it might seem dated but to me it's it's like a charming little like time capsule of of the era like um the fact that it's so like naive and i don't know it's it's got like an innocence to it you know it does and <laughs> i like that like she like the thing that wins the the natives over is like she gives them a flashlight <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they're like oh we we need the flashlight yeah stupid natives um, but uh, the the thing that i really appreciated about this film is just how well the the special effects are actually integrated into live action shots yeah like um, that had to be so painstaking to do like when when mighty joe young is like he's there's a scene where basically these guys who were like I, I don't know if they're cattle ranchers or what what the hell they are but they're they're lassoing him to try to capture him and like he as they're riding by on their horses he's grabbing them and like throwing them and stuff but it looks flawless especially mm -hmm. i mean like for the time period it really does look flawless it had to be so incredibly difficult well to I, stage. I, oh yeah and and i mean like um that that was kind of harryhausen that that's a technique that harryhausen would keep perfecting through his career but even at this young age like that roping sequence he he animated and so there would have to be a miniature rope that's 
on the on the uh, on the Joe puppet, and then the live action rope that the guys on the horses are flying around, and he would have to go frame by frame and make sure that they are lined up evenly, and it really is seamless. Like I I I, I caught Great. myself like pausing it. And like trying to see if I can see like where the two meet, and I I couldn't for the life of me. Um, and uh, he, he, that's a a sequence that he kind of revisited in Valley of Guanji, and uh, that that again it's it's incredible. And you know he has to sync up the stop motion every time it's interacting with something in in, in a live environment. Like I mean. For example, like you look at the the skeletons and Jason and the Argonauts, where there's all these skeletons fighting all these guys. They had to choreograph each actor, and then um, uh, yeah, each incredible. each puppet has to frame by frame be animated to be synchronized with this actor. So if a puppet skeleton's sword hits a real actor's sword, like they have to line up, and there's no margin for error. And I mean, yeah, no, the, the, the guy was just incredible. And, um, even, even with, with this movie being, you know, his first feature that he's doing most of the animation, like it's incredible. And, 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 and Joe moves so smoothly. He does. Um, and I mean, if, if we're going to be talking about the effects right now, I think, uh, the nightclub rampage is another one that, you should really like anyone interested in stop motion should watch and study. It's still one of the craziest like stop motion <laughs> things. Ever. It really be- is be- because like w- when you see like you know when he's like on like that balcony and like he falls through it and there's all this like rubble like each little like brick or piece of like uh, debris or whatever is animated too. So like he's got to move the Joe puppet. And then he's got to move the each little like brick, like frame by frame by frame, and you know these bricks are like on these like like wires, and and um, I mean that's something you see later in like Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms or like Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Like every time a building like like falls, it, it's animated, and he's got to animate each and every little piece of debris. And you see that in this, and you know, it's it, 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 in. I mean, both him and O'Brien were experts at, at making these big apes come to life. Like both Kong and Joe, there's so much expression in their faces, and like you know, they curl their eyebrows, and you know, their eyes like move and they blink, and I mean, uh, it, it's just it, there's a level of detail there that. I mean, I've seen plenty of other stop motion like uh, monster movies where, you know, they aren't as detailed in their movements. Um, and uh, if we're going to talk about Harryhausen, I mean, like, and th- this goes through his whole filmography is like uh, he he loved monsters and creatures and giant things and um so much that he didn't even like to call them monsters. He would just call them his his creatures. Um, but he always like gave them so much personality that I, I think a lot of stop motion animators, you know, would maybe overlook. Like in this, like Joe, anytime he's mad, he he punches the floor and and um, <laughs> and like like that. That's a trait that gives him more character. Um, and uh, I guess uh, I, guess, I I was listening to an interview with his daughter, and she said that's actually something he would do 
like when he was frustrated at, at his workbench is like he would like slam the the bench like in a similar motion um but he he spent hours and hours and hours studying gorillas at the zoo and um it might sound silly but it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about you know the godzilla suit actors how seriously they took their their jobs um but ray he even became a vegetarian for the filming of mighty joe young to get like i guess to you know because he was basically playing an ape through this puppet the, the the puppet work, the puppetry work is is, I mean it really is a thing of beauty. Like I found I, I found myself just completely mystified at how awesome it really was. And like there's that scene early on in the film where they have the lion captured and like there's a there's a real lion and then they have to actually transition that lion to obviously a a stop motion lion. But it it really is done so seamlessly because Mighty Joe Young comes over and actually rescues. Or like he opens the the cage and the lion jumps out or whatever, but it's done so so seamlessly that like I honestly didn't notice mm-hmm. initially, and the the fact that it's so well done for like the the basically 1949, um, I don't know my my mind was blown constantly through the movie. Plus it's just it's a really fun and um, upbeat. I mean like there there's like moments of. Like at the end, you don't know if, if he's going to make it or not. But like the, the 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 movie itself is just very upbeat and and as you mentioned, very innocent. And it's just uh, something I would recommend to anybody, whether they like you know the monster films or not. Like see this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, it's also um, worth mentioning. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of talk about these early RKO uh, movies. Um, now, this was directed by the same director as King Kong and Son of Kong, uh, Ernest Shodzak, and it's worth noting that he was almost entirely blind uh, when he directed this movie um, because, uh, I guess, when he was in World War II, I think either like one his face mask it fell off or maybe he took it off, but he was flying in a plane and uh, his mask fell off somehow and his eyes froze. Um and he went blind. And so he, he directed this movie by sound, mostly. Um, he did have some assistance, and every now and then uh, Cooper and even Willis O'Brien would step in and, you know, kind of help guide him. But he, he, he directed this movie without being able to see a damn thing. That's incredible. <laughs> um, uh, as far as the characters, like uh, Jill, um, you know, I mean, she's... Kind of got has that Anne and Kong thirty three like ah shucks you know kind of personality, but um, the, the real standout performance in here is Robert Armstrong as Max O'Hara. He's awesome. Um, he's he's like it, he's he feels like if 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 Carl Denham was just like on coke, like <laughs> he's just like a super hyper like like nuttier version of Carl Denham who's like. You know, uh, I need a show. I'm going to go to Africa. And they're like, well, why? He's like, I just want to bring something back. And then, like, a random guy will walk by. He's like, should I go to Africa? It's like, what's wrong with this guy? (laughs) Um, But he's awesome. And uh, I was listening to the commentary by uh, with uh, Harryhausen and Terry Moore, who played Jill. And they were saying, like, (laughs) that's very much like how Marion C. Cooper was in real life. Just this kind of like larger than life, overly ambitious, like just super enthusiastic 
guy with like these crazy ideas that like just seemed impossible. Um, but no, he's awesome. He, he's also like sort of a, he, he he's he's very much in it for himself, but by the end, he's a redeemable character. Like he's he's not nice per se. And yeah, he's he, taking advantage of people, but then like at the end, he redeems it. So yeah, he, he kind of. Um... You know, he, you start you, like you see, like you know, he basically cons them into you know <laughs> that contract to get them to perform this show. But then, like in the end, he, he you know, he the the movie does a good job of making him more three dimensional um, than uh, I guess a lot of a lot of the characters that were in movies like this at the time. You know, a lot of the you know. You look at a lot of sci-fi and monster movies and stuff from this era, and you know you, you know I don't know to see someone that's that like morally, I guess uh, ambiguous is is definitely an interesting thing for the time period. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> another thing I uh, that was funny, I like I said I was listening to the commentary, and there's a part where uh, like the the moderators like pointing out to Ray, he's like, I can see like little like wires that are holding Joe up on this tree. And then Ray's just like, you know, back then these movies were meant to be watched once. And I, I that's something that we, we typically forget when we see movies like any like Godzilla or whatever movies from this era is like, uh, you know, we, these movies really weren't seen very often. Um, which is so much different from now where like every frame of everything is like scrutinized. <laughs> yeah, I mean well, and that's true. Like typically speaking you're not going to notice for the most part unless like there's such a massive gaff in in like the finished product. You don't really notice uh mistakes or like stuff that's caught on film that shouldn't be there like your first time watching. At least I don't. I mean, unless it's blatantly obvious. Like I I watched uh younger e and like you have that one shot where like the jeep rolls by with with uh an, an obvious extra wheel do you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah like that's something i caught as a kid but like unless it's that bad i typically don't notice stuff that that's not supposed to be there like the the scene with uh kong fighting the t-rex like when there's that scene where kong like rolls over his back basically well he's actually on a like a um like a little rod but you you don't notice that if you're not paying attention for it mm-hmm um yeah that's uh also um worth mentioning that uh the climax of the movie at one point uh had joe fighting uh with another gorilla um and that was um uh, i guess replaced with like the orphan scene and uh, i guess harryhausen preferred that because um, the, the the orphaned kids he thought was a little too uh i guess sentimental Interesting. Uh, is there is there actually like is there footage of that that still exists? Uh, I don't think it was ever shot, but uh, there's some concept art I believe um, that O'Brien did. Uh, Where would they get the that, other gorilla from? That'd be so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Kind of take. I don't know. Like a uh, harkening back to Kong versus uh, Prometheus or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, man, these guys love their their big gorillas. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's a great movie. I love the, <laughs> the, I, the guys, uh, that get them drunk crack me up. Dude, they're awesome. Cause they're, they're like 
50 like there's so much old like there's no reason these guys need to be behaving this way yeah they're they're basically (laughs) like they're basically your high school douchebag guys trying to get like a dog drunk or something because it's funny only they're like 50 years old (laughs) and like and like they 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 get mad at joe for like drinking their stuff but like they keep giving it to him it's just like, what's wrong with these guys? I also like how he burps. <laughs> like, he has, like, the hiccups or whatever. When It's, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, one problem from the original King Kong that they did fix was uh, the fur on, on Joe. Like, in Kong, like, with the stop motion, like, the fur, like, moves all the time. Yeah. From, like, them going in and touching it all the time. But uh, I guess in this one, I, I think it was unborn calf. Uh, fur that they put over Joe, and I guess like you know it didn't get ruffled as easily. So uh, you know the the animation is a little more smooth, and like the fur is not constantly like getting moved every time they pause and and go like do another movement. Um, so uh, <clears throat> how many? Uh, I don't know what. <laughs> what's a good What's a good scale for this one? Uh, how many almost burning to death orphans? I don't... Oh man, that's that's pretty bad. Uh, how many drunken monkeys? <laughs> Does it make drunken... you mad anytime you watch any of these and they call them call these these characters monkeys? Um, because monkeys oh. are little are like the little primates with like the long tails. That's a monkey. Yeah, I, I know. I and mean, then, like, but, a chimp is, like, the thing... But Drunken the... Monkey sounds better than Drunken Ape, I feel like. Yeah. For the scale. But, yeah, man, the, the, I, maybe it's just because I'm a Planet of the Apes fan, and in that franchise, like, when people call them monkeys, like, they think of it as, like, derogatory, because, like, monkeys are, like, of a lesser intelligence than chimps, and they're like, <laughs> no, we're apes, damn it, you know? They're like, that, like, saying monkey is, like, it's like a racist term in, in Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> So maybe that maybe that's why it bothers me. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, think of a different scale then. How many like dead lions that were punched in the face? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's a lot of fun, um, and I think it's it's a movie that you can wa- if if you have a fan like a family like wife and kids. I think it's a movie that everyone can enjoy, uh, and for a movie that's this old. Um, it holds up. The effects are great. Uh, I mean, it's the beginning of an amazing career for Harryhausen, uh, and um, yeah, it's it's just a really light, really fun, really breezy movie. Um, so I honestly, I, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um... I don't really have anything negative to say about it. I don't find it as as good as something like King Kong, um, but it's it's a great film. It's fun, and uh, um, yeah. I, oh, by the way, they they did use King Kong's roar in this film, didn't they? Like I'm not. I wasn't like just hearing things. Uh, I'm it, sure it, it's, it sounded it, like it sounded like the same sound effect. To yeah, me. I'm sure it's in there. Um, uh, you know, those were all like real wrestlers that he fought in that part. <laughs> which is the, that part's awesome yeah um but no it's it, it really is a, a great movie and um yeah it, it's just a good movie i think i think you don't have to just be a fan of this stuff to to enjoy it so um 
Also, I, it is worth noting that um, finally, this movie is uh, the movie that made made uh, that uh, got Willis O'Brien uh, his Oscar for special effects. That's a crime against humanity. Yeah, it took this long. <laughs> um, it's a crime. Uh, but um, but no, it's it's awesome, and uh, um, it it I think it was a moderate success at the box office it didn't do as good as king kong that uh like uh, a lot of people like i think they were kind of expecting um uh but uh um it they were planning god i don't know what's up with these guys in tarzan but they were planning a, a mighty joe young meets tarzan movie um uh, but it didn't do uh as well as they hoped so they they had canceled it um uh Anyway, over the years, though, through a lot of TV, like I said, Sci-Fi Channel and uh, stuff like Monster Vision in the 80s and 90s, it, it did earn a, a, a strong following. Um, and especially, you know, when <clears throat> Harryhausen got big, you know, a lot of people went and, and re-evaluated uh, it. So um, everything wound up all right in the end. Uh, I think at this point the movie is considered a, a classic and... Um, yeah, if you haven't watched it, uh, please, I mean, check it out. See it. Yeah, especially if you just want, like, a fun escape from, like, uh, the awfulness of existence right now, (laughs) (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, so we're gonna jump, um, a few decades to 1998, uh, the year of Emmerich's Godzilla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's not the only uh, uh, big creature remake that came out that, ye- that year. Um, you know, that's also when Disney's Mighty Joe Young remake was released. Um, which uh, some people blame the negativity around 98 Godzilla for that one not being all that successful. But uh, anyway, um, so Disney had uh, gotten the rights to remake Mighty Joe Young. Um, and if anyone's going to remake a classic family film, uh, why not Disney? Yeah. Um, and uh, it was directed by Ron Underwood, who um, uh, is probably most well-known for uh, Tremors. Um, which is awesome. Trimmer is great. Um, uh, and, uh, I don't know, he, he did some stuff here and there. I think nowadays he, he works in TV a lot. I think his movie career came to an unfortunate end with, uh, that Eddie Murphy movie, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. It's, like, considered one of the <laughs> biggest bombs of all time. <laughs> well, the, the title, I mean should have told you everything that you need to know about that movie um but yeah uh tremors is 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 probably his best and most well-known uh movie but uh so he did mighty joe young in 1998 um starring uh bill paxton and charlize theron and um with uh a joe suit that was a giant hydraulic powered uh Mighty Joe Young, uh, made by Rick Baker, um, who at this point he'd done, done so many guerrilla movies, um, 
Uh, he did Gorillas in the Mist, which, if you haven't seen, is a really good movie. And he thought he had perfected that. But then um, the offer for Mighty Joe Young came around, and he, he said he, he couldn't resist because, A, he loves the original movie, and, B, he was kind of, uh, you know, like we had talked about when we talked about Kong 76, he thought that that was kind of under his capabilities. So uh, he went ahead and agreed to do Mighty Joe Young, um for disney now uh i mentioned it, this is a disney movie uh and it is so much a disney movie that <laughs> it 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 just you watch this movie disney's the hell out of you um <laughs> i think you said disney your eyeballs out is what you told yeah, me yeah yeah this movie mm. will disney your eyeballs um what does that mean? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but like you think of like, okay, what's the stereotypical like live action family Disney movie? And there's a lot of like really corny humor and a lot of like uh, things that are just like really super kind of sappy and over sentimental. Um, and, you know, but everything's okay in the end kind of thing. And that's, I mean, that's Mighty Joe Young. Um, no, I mean it's the ba- same basic story, uh, but it's updated. And I actually, I actually kind of think it was a good idea the way they updated it. Now Jill is, um, again, like living on a farm in Africa, but her mom, and just because it's Disney and everything has to be super like emotional and <laughs> sentimental. Not only does Jill's mom. Uh, get killed by poachers, but also little baby Joe's mom also gets killed by poachers. Man, they, they both got Bambi'd at. <laughs> like, what, what's going on? Uh, baby Joe, played by Vern Troyer in a, in a ape costume. That's mini me for those of you who don't remember uh, <laughs> the late Austin 90s. Powers. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, you know, she's dedicated her life to, you know, raising Joe and, you know, being against poaching. And the, the movie's whole subplot is, you know, about poachers. The villain of this movie is like uh, the poacher that killed Joe's mom and Strasser, Strasser yeah, or something. Stra- yeah. Strasser. He's even got a bad guy name. Um, <laughs> like baby Joe bit a couple of his fingers off and like he's all pissed about it. So, um and then uh, you have Bill Paxton, who uh, works at, like, a wildlife preserve, and he's in Africa, and he's, like, trying to, like, save animals from poachers, and, you know, he's the one that convinces Jill and Joe to, to come and live at this preserve with him. Um, but then, like, these poachers get, a, you know, wind of it, and they, they're trying to, to get Joe. And that, that is the, your Mighty Joe Young remake um, in a nutshell, now, uh, I hadn't seen this movie in years, uh, and I believe this is probably the first time you saw it. So, Matt, I'm going to hand it to you um, to give your take on the 98 Disney's Mighty Joe Young. Uh, I, I did find myself mostly entertained by this film, and it does Disney the crap out of you for sure. Um, but what I, what I found... Just what drove me into this movie is is how awesome Rick Baker's work on the the suit, uh, the like the props or whatever this thing is. Like, it still looks great. And this film was made in '98, and it made me long for the days of practical effects again. I mean, like, 
the fact that this movie is now going on like 20 years old and still looks as good as it does. And there are very, very few shots in this movie that I thought looked even off. Um, there are sequences like when they – so instead of in the first movie that you have like these cowboys that are trying to tie Joe up with like ropes and stuff, they use jeeps. And that entire sequence is, is awesome. Um, and you, you see this immense prop and it's just – it's really kind of uh, awe-inspiring. And it, it's just – it's one of those things where like it makes me sad that everything has gone to CG. Like I hate to be that guy, but it, it – Rick Baker's work is so incredible in this film that, like, I really wish. Uh, could you imagine Toho with a, a budget of fifty million to, or like ninety million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine what they could do? Yeah. Um, but it, it, his work in this in this movie is absolutely incredible, and the story it is updated. I do enjoy most of it. Um, it is a little corny at times. My my favorite line in the movie is a one liner. It's this black guy that says "fat." <laughs> Remember the nineties word fat? <laughs> yeah, P H A T. Yeah, man. Uh that's that's like the nineties thing this movie could have done. <laughs> and there's like a lot of cheesy uh cheesy lines like that and, and um these like stupid valley girls Joe like moves their Jeep out of the way and they all start giggling about yeah. it. Like there's dumb I remember stuff like that, that part from the trailer. <laughs> yeah, that was. I do remember the trailer quite well. And then like Joe beats the crap out of this uh car and like sits on it i remember that from the trailer as well yeah i I feel like that was a trailer that i that's i feel like that was one of those trailers that was in front of like every movie i saw (laughs) so i feel like i saw the trailer like a hundred times yeah joe is very charming in this film um i I don't know like i don't really have anything bad to say except like it is a little overly sappy and instead and they they replaced the orphanage with a Ferris wheel, which is fine. Like I don't see that being a big deal. Yeah. He saves a kid. Yeah, Matt, end. you're a sappy bastard. What? Like, did this movie like make you cry? Like for <laughs> seven years? <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I did have like an emotional t- like attachment to to Joe at the end, but like, I, like like you said, like there, there's some of that really bad '90s humor and Bill Paxton's being all Bill Paxtony. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty Bill Paxtony in this. He's not quite Aliens Paxton, but I mean That's my favorite Bill Paxton, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I don't, like I said, I don't have uh, my thoughts are very jumbled right now cuz it's going on 2 in the morning. This is our third podcast for those who don't know in a row. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um but the best thing I can tell you about this film is is the special effects work really is incredible. It is. I don't know. I feel like this was like the last, you know, kind of like big creature movie that that was more mostly practical uh, that I remember coming out of Hollywood. And it, it really is kind of like, you know, I mean, there, the like this giant hydraulic Joe that under there is someone, you know, but it's awesome. The way it moves, like it has so many facial expressions, like, uh, it, it doesn't feel fake in the slightest. Nope. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Um, and, Can you uh, th- think about Godzilla 98 and how bad the CG is now. Yeah. And compare that to this. Like yeah. there's, there's no comparison. This movie does have, like, it has a few scenes that have, like, some early CG that doesn't quite hold up. But, you know, mo- most of it is, you know, this amazing-looking practical Mighty Joe Young. And, um, 
yeah, it's it's astounding. Like I, I was very surprised at how well the practical effects held up in this. Um, uh, and uh, <laughs> what'd you think of like the bad guy? Like, where? What was up with like where he lived? <laughs> he like ran some like the one thing I thought was kind of stupid is like they were selling. Apparently, there's a black market for animal organs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do organs sell? Like, I know, obviously, like, the tusks and, like, the the teeth and, like, you know, stuff like that. But But they they were, like, talking about, like, selling, like, arms and crap. Like, (laughs) what what is going on in this movie where they're going to, like, chop Yeah, who are they selling this stuff? Are they selling this stuff to Dr. Frankenstein? Yeah, I don't – like, who's buying this crap from you, dude? (laughs) Like that was the kind of stuff that's it. It does feel very '90s and kind of hokey, and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this this like the the main villain has this like he's running a what he refers to as a conservatory that's actually a uh he's basically bringing in animals to sell them on the black market for their organs and have them chopped up in pieces. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, it's never really said why. He gets he gets money, man. That's but like, can he just get like a a regular job? I don't know. I don't know. This guy, I don't know. This guy's too. Uh, he's too dastardly to to get a regular job. Like, this is the guy that you would probably meet for two seconds and be like, this guy is a supervillain. Yeah, like how does uh, Charlie's character like not realize like? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm looking like, oh. at that guy's filmography. He was the nice coat guy in Batman Begins. Oh, that's who that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know I've seen him in a in some. Uh, he's actually in several movies. I just I couldn't place him like what where I've seen him at. But like, you know, whenever a guy has like this weird like what sounds like a Russian accent and he has that like crazy looking goatee thing, you you know he's an evil bastard. Like oh, that's yeah. what. That's how all '90s movies are. <laughs> you should know better already. This is how we've. This is this is the plotline for every movie. Um, <laughs> There's a part where, like, <laughs> near the end, where his partner like quits, like for no reason. <laughs> like, yeah, he suddenly grows a conscience. Yeah, he's like, wait, I, you can't kill him. I, I quit. <laughs> it's like, what? What's what just happened? Yeah, and but instead of like. <laughs> Instead of instead of uh, him like Straster killing his partner, which is what I thought he was gonna do, he just like knocks him out. I'm like, come on, Disney, grow some balls, dude. I couldn't be- <laughs> I couldn't believe like Strasser gets like he gets like oh, sh- like- <laughs> yeah he he like get- <laughs> does he get shot first like no he he gets Mighty Joe Young basically like throws him like punches him or like grabs him like throws him yeah he like throws him into like a electric fence thing yeah, or like he... the <laughs> power generator yeah gener- <laughs> he gets like electrocuted to death it's like whoa <laughs> what the hell um uh but yeah then, like, uh... <laughs> oh they, they raise money at the end of the movie by like people giving them what amounts to probably five dollars and change like everybody starts giving yeah. them money because this little kid's like here joe take my money so you can have a place to live and yeah, then everybody he, does sa- it. he saves that kid and then like everyone in like the crowd like uh like give gives gives them like just like their ch- spare change and they use it to like go back to africa and re- open up like a whole like nature preserve <laughs> 
I mean, I know it says later on the like there. It's implied that they basically got a ton more donations or something, probably because the the news or whatever. But it's just like, man, Disney, you really Disney this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they really wanted to. They wanted to tug on those heartstrings, man. They want. They wanted to tug on them so hard that. Would kill you. <laughs> it's like I, geez. Their uh, goal was to make you cry. Like that's what they wanted to do. With oh this yeah, movie. dude. Like, yeah. That that's like all they had in mind. They're um, like nobody's cried hard enough since Lion King. Damn it, we need you to cry. <laughs> uh, oh, here's a fun piece of trivia. The cinematographer uh, suffered head injuries, a broken leg, and broken ribs due to a crane accident. There are multiple people hurt on this film, I think. Yeah, and I guess they all <laughs> sued the crane company and won in the year 2000. Yeah, man. Got to watch out for those cranes. They're, they're, like like I said, man, the, the, the biggest takeaway for me is, is just still how awesome the practical effects were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same I, and, here. And, and it's just – it makes me sad. Like I, I long I, – I wish we could get back to – Doing using CGI when you can't use practical because there's definitely areas where like CG needs to be used. Yeah. But then also using practical when it can be used because I still think it looks better in most shots. Yeah, like there's definitely things that I definitely think need to be CG. Like CGI gave us the first uh, the first good like cinematic version of like the Hulk and. You know, like there are some things like like Rocket Raccoon. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't, wouldn't, I don't think you could do a, a practical Rocket Raccoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think it's I, I, CG. Like anything else, there's good CG, there's bad CG, and there's a time and a place for it. Just like there's a time and a place for like the Tokusatsu man in suits and miniatures. There's a time and a place for stop motion, like. I just think it's the reliance on CG that that is. Um, you well, know. It, one of the biggest offenders is like the the old like the Marvel Spider Man films and like some of the hokey physics of the action. Like, <laughs> I, I just thinking about how some like something should behave or like the Matrix movies. Good God, those movies looks so bad now sometimes like it looks like a playstation movie at times yeah um and, and i just like i said i just wish that movie studios could be less reliant on cg and go more like the fury road route where oh of course that was basically all i think it was all almost all practical if i'm not yeah, mistaken but it was, it was a lot of practical um yeah i'm with you like I, and that's why i i do appreciate directors like um you have like guillermo del toro and uh like um uh even like JJ Abrams like those are guys that really do want to use practical kind of as much as possible um but then you have other guys you know like um like look at a movie like Avatar where everything is CG you know and it's it's just at a certain point it becomes too much and you know looking at a movie like this you're able to see how much really is able to get done um without using cg and it just makes a more interesting uh cinematic experience really when you do see effects and you and you wonder wow how did they do that whereas cg effects you look at it and you say oh they did that with cgi i like when the special effects kind of leave me like geez how did they do that and even if you look at like the original mighty joe young 
Of course it's stop motion. Of course you can tell it's stop motion, but just looking at like that lasso sequence and being like, wow, it's how did they make it like so great. seamless? Like that's that's what I like in special effects is when I'm legitimately like, wow, how did they do that? Um yeah, we we knock on the oh, I've knocked on the Transformers <laughs> movies I, I mean, a lot. Everyone should knock on the Well, the, one one of the reasons I do though is because like it's always it's always the same ridiculous color palette. It's always like they have this weird, obtuse, you know, shiny. Um, it, every time I see it, I know I'm seeing something that is absurdly fake. And very rarely are there scenes in that in in those movies that make me think like, "Wow, that was an incredible special effect shot." Like it, this entire movie, I was like marveling at how awesome Joe looked. Like, holy crap! How how do they make this happen? And that's what I want to feel. That's what I feel from the Godzilla films, like knowing that these are men, like these are literally men in suits, and seeing some of the matte shots and the composite shots that they they pulled off, like in the 1960s, especially, like th- that sort of mystique and that sort of vibe is what I lo- love to see in movies. That I just feel you don't get a lot from many CG movies. Now, may, I mean, the, the closest thing I can think of might be you talked about Avatar. Avatar was also shot, I think, primarily in 3D, so that's a little different. But most of the CG stuff we see now, it's it's it doesn't have that feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that it's just become, like, the, the go-to, you know? I mean, I, I'm not... Is, a is C- it because of cost? Like, is, is that... Is that yeah, it's right? because of cost, and I know, like, one thing that annoys me as someone that watches a lot of horror movies is uh, CGI blood. Um, yeah, but, then why, but why do you watch The Walking Dead? <laughs> <laughs> well, The Walking Dead has great makeup effects. It does. It does. I mean, I guess I'll give it. I'll give it that. Also, you know, spoiler alert that I, I ruined. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but like, you know, but I understand why. Like, uh, you know, Tom Savini, who was like one of the best makeup special effects makeup people of all time, was saying, you know, the thing with CG blood is, like, if, if you have, like, a squib and someone's supposed to get shot and blood's supposed to, like, spray everywhere, if you do it practically and it's it messes up, you have to clean up and then you have to go and, like, you have to, you know, redo the whole thing and it's just so many more hours and hours and hours and hours. Whereas with CGI blood, you can just be like, boom, bop, boop, there, CG blood, there it is. You know, so I understand on a time and money level why but it's like the the end product doesn't pay off as well and it suffers for it i feel like uh movies um like for for movies especially um you should do the to me like something like that you should lean more practical yeah but i get maybe for like a show especially for something like where literally blood is you know, spurting out every episode from zombies and stuff. I could see it more there. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, did you, did you catch, uh, the Ray Harryhausen cameo? I, I did not actually. Oh, what's wrong with you, man? I'm, I'm dumb. Oh, I, I just want to say, I, I was going to mention earlier, I ruined the season premiere of walking dead for bird. That's what I was alluding to earlier. Yes. I'm, I'm stupid. We talked about that in another episode, but I, I, I spoiled it for him. This is true. Um, 
anyway, Harryhausen shows up in the uh, like. Uh, well, I guess I guess the the replacement for the the nightclub scene is Joe kind of runs wild at this like benefit. Yeah, and uh, it's instead of like being like they make him drunk, it's like the poachers show up and like rile him up. Um, and uh, Harryhausen shows up uh, in that scene uh, with uh, Terry Moore, who was Jill in the uh, original movie. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. Why? They're they're like the the old uh, the old couple or whatever, right? Older couple that yeah, they like yeah, have like yeah. yeah okay. Now I remember that. Yeah, like um, like I guess the joke, the in joke is like she says like uh, she reminds me of someone, and then Ray says, "You and you were yeah, her yeah, age yeah. or something." Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, there's that um. It's a it's a respectful remake. I think uh, the 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 way they updated the story um, for the time period. You know, I mean, it's it's not as simplistic as you know the original. Um, but that's part. Of, and you know, it's not quite as like naive as and innocent as the original. Which is you know for me that's part of the charm of the original. But uh, you know, I'm, obviously you're making a movie in '98. It, it can't have the same. You know, it can't be like the a, a movie that was in '49, where, you know, just things just aren't the same whatsoever. No, um, no, no. Overall, I mean, it, it's competently made. Um, you know, the, the the performances are decent enough. Uh, Charlize Theron is is really hot as always, <laughs> um, and that Rick Baker, Mighty Joe Young, is incredible. Uh, but you know the 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 sappy Disneyness of it is it's really not my personal cup of tea, so it's probably not something I, I you know like watch a it's whole just, lot. It's really played up, is what yeah, it is. It, it, but it it is like a it's 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 a family movie, like in a way that you know it, it this like when I say the original is a family movie, it's like okay, that's just a movie that a family can enjoy together. This is a movie that's made to be four families um so i mean if if like i mean i have an eight-year-old niece i feel like if i sat down and watched this with her this is probably the kind of thing she would eat up and i would probably get more enjoyment like if i was watching it with her but yeah i mean as a 31 year old man i don't <laughs> you know there's not much <laughs> i get out of it other than like the the great effects but that's not the movie's fault that's just you know it it doesn't fit my personal tastes as much as the original. Um, so, uh, how many, um, you know what? I'll, I'll just say, how many Bill Paxton's do you give this out of five? I think that's a great Bill, Bill Paxton scale, man. That's awesome. Um, you should just rate everything on Bill pa- in Bill Paxton. Yeah. How many Bill Paxton's do we give this? Uh, so if if i was just evaluating the special effects man that would be different but it, it's not um i would give this like a two and a half you I know think. what two i was half, gonna two say and a half to three yeah two and I, half to three. I give this a two and a half but not like a bad two and a half it's a two and a half in the you know it's okay but it's not really my my kind of thing and you know if if you have like uh like i would say like 
six to ten year old kids, I think like this this would play really well. Um, but for me personally, it's it's a two and a half. There's not really much wrong with it. It's just you know the over the overly sappy Disney. Uh, Disney the hell version of Mighty Joe Young. It 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 doesn't do it for me like the original does. Um, but it's you know it's a respectful remake, and um, you know I wouldn't tell someone not to check it out. I would say if you have kids, check it out for sure. I would say check it out on the basis that the special effects are amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean if you're really into practical effects and uh, um, like animatronics and suit uh, effects, like. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching on on those grounds. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, that is uh, Mighty Joe Young, uh, the spiritual baby brother to King Kong. Um, uh, you know that's that. You know he's he's just got those two movies, um, but you know they're 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 worth checking out. I think so. Um, anything you want to add to, uh, Mighty Joe? Uh, watch the original if you haven't seen it. It's worth your time. Yeah, the original's awesome. Um, alright, well, we will see you next time. Um, so, uh, bye, I guess. (laughs) See ya.